0: Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that my short story is available for free at johntilton.com. If you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you both the ebook and audiobook of Doomed Dune. In this middle-grade adventure, a girl named Melina travels to a forbidden landmark guarded by tyrannical robots, but her life turns upside down when she discovers a true reason it's off-limits. Discover Doom Dune's secret by heading over to johntilton.com. That's J-O-N-T-I-L-T-O-N dot com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Cause of Craft. I'm your host, John Tilton. Why do we create? Where do our ideas come from? What does our craft say about us? These are the ideas we explore here on the show. Each episode, I interview a different guest, from writers and painters to musicians and filmmakers. Together, we investigate the creative process and the reasons behind why we create. In life, we sometimes run into obstacles that require us to learn new skills. Often ones that are outside of our comfort zone. But not only is pursuing a new challenge a great way to improve your craft, it can be a lot of fun too. Today's guest is florist Melissa Heinrichs. She shares how she started her own business and why she's always looking for new ways to challenge herself, from traveling the world to incorporating new flowers into her arrangements. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. That's the best way for the show to grow, and I appreciate your support. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much Melissa. I really appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Thanks John. I'm really happy to be here. Now, what first
0: drew you to becoming a florist?
1: That's a loaded question cuz I <laughs> wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to answer that, you know, maybe 4 or 5 years ago, but I don't know, like growing up, um I always liked to do flowers, be around flowers anytime like a girlfriend was getting married or having a baby and you and your girlfriends, you know, are throwing a shower party, you know, I always chose to do the flowers. And it just came naturally. And it was kind of an outlet for me. That's where it started. And now I have a company that I've been running for now a little over three years.
0: So it sounds like this is a more recent endeavor, but something you've always been interested in. So what unlocked the professional route for you?
1: For me, there was definitely a moment, you know, before this, I was a reading specialist and an elementary educator forever, and I loved it. And I was never looking for anything else. I have three kids and I just loved balancing it all. But like I said, I liked to help out with parties. And one of my girlfriends is um, a kind of a well-known photographer here in Phoenix. And she was hosting a dinner party for her husband, who is ironically the godfather of my oldest Um, So I offered to do the flowers. It was just kind of my gift to them. And I did the flowers and she posted them and tagged me. And that's really how it started. I never would have tried to do this business if she wouldn't have done that. And then after that post, I had local people reaching out to me like friends of ours, but Hey, can you help me do my Thanksgiving table? You know, just locally. And I was like, well, yeah, but you know that I don't do that, (laughs) but but I would love to help you.
0: Wow. So just a lot of organic growth from that one bridging into other ones. And at some point, did it just start to become unmanageable for you? Because you were, it sounds like you were working a different job and this was kind of on the side.
1: Right. And at that point, I still, I did it to help out some friends and it was a fun, creative outlet for me. And then I had this kind of aha moment where, you know, flowers to me um, have become like too fancy and unapproachable and very cost costly, at least where we live in Phoenix. And then, you know, like then there's your grocery store flowers, which are still kind of pricey for, you know, not a great quality. So I started to think about like, there was a missing market here in our area. And I was like, I know I can do that. So I literally just had the idea of trying to fill this market. And then, you know, slowly it happened organically that that word will come up a lot. I think I managed to do both of them for about a year, a year and a half. I was teaching part time, momming full time and then flowering, you know, and then all of a sudden I got really busy with flowers and I was unfortunately making more doing flowers than I was teaching. And I was like, if I'm going to really give this a shot, if I want to know if I can do it or not, I've got to put everything into you know, this new business that I was creating.
0: And something that stands out as unique to me in all of this is a lot of times I talk to different artists and craftsmen and they talk about how they were in this job that just didn't fit them. And they start a to pursue the air quote, like true calling of Uh what they wanted to do in this art that they've always done since they were like a child or or something like this. And then here talking with you, it's something more recent. And then you also really liked the work that you were in. So was that difficult to make that decision to leave?
1: For sure. It was a funny place to be at. Um, Like I said, I wasn't looking for something different. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. I'm really good at teaching kids how to read. Um, And I, I worked at a great school in my neighborhood. I could set my hours like that literally never happens, you know, but for at least for teachers. Um, but I just think education is such a tricky place to work. And um, it just, you know, I knew it would always be there for me when, if I wanted to go back. Um, so I des- definitely did not dislike what I was doing, but I, you know, it's, I joke that this is my second act, you know, and I didn't know it was out there. And then once it presented itself to me, I was like, okay, I've got to do this and leave teaching behind for a while.
0: Something else I noticed when I was on your website was that you do flower classes. So is was this you bridging those things back together?
1: Definitely. I didn't intend on it, but as I started like meeting this demographic of, you know, I say approachable flowers, you know, uh somebody told me not to use the word affordable, but really that's what I wanted to do. Um, is offer affordable options but I also wanted to make that I wanted to educate people on you know flowers don't have to be stuffy or super expensive or they don't they shouldn't die right away so that happened again organically like I did not intend on in doing it but I started to have people reaching out to me and asking me and they're like you should do a flower class and literally I was like Yes, I should do a flower class. But at the beginning, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself because I'm not trained to be a florist. Um, I've definitely taken some workshops online and gone to some trainings in person, but I didn't have that confidence yet. And so I definitely learned going through the process and teaching them to like my girlfriends at first, you know, and then I would start off, you know, locally and doing small and then it just grew from there. But it is, you're right, it is the way I bridged my, you know, old career with my new career.
0: So you mentioned the high cost of a lot of different flowers. So when you're trying to take a different approach and get something that more people can afford or be able to do for whatever event that they're planning, are you sourcing different types of flowers that might be less conventional or what all goes into to making that work?
1: I kind of view it as fashion, like mixing your highs and lows and having like maybe an expensive pair of shoes or purse and then, you know, having your Target t-shirt there's definitely stems that you can have you know as your kind of your showpiece and spend more on like i i love garden roses and so even popping a couple garden roses in and then mixing them with other seasonal hardy i'm really into hardy things things with a lot of texture and color and scent so I'm definitely into mixing the highs and the lows and not everything has to be, you know, super expensive and mixing those things makes it more affordable and approachable and then at the same time I'm trying to educate, you know, my clients and customers and friends and community on these different stems and my approach to flowers.
0: And kind of setting those limitations probably gives you an extra boost of creativity too, right? Because maybe you're trying something in a way that isn't as commonly done because you're trying to get around something.
1: Yeah. I'm definitely not trying to, um, mimic anyone else, you know, but I, I never had this set intent, you know, I just had a certain style and I guess some people will say it's a little boho or natural, or it's definitely not, um, reformed, you know, confined, whatever the word you're looking for. Um, but, I adapt and I'm trying different things. And if somebody wants like a tight, you know, very specific centerpiece, everything I do is custom. No two arrangements are alike. I always take into consideration the occasion, you know, the recipient, their favorite flowers, things they don't like, colors, things like that. And then also, you know, budget and price point. That's important.
0: So when it comes to the actual arrangement, I'm going to try to explain this the best I can. So for writers, there's these two different camps and most fall somewhere in the middle. Like there's the planner camp and the pantser camp. And the planner is what it sounds like. You know, you plan out and outline everything very detailed. Uh And then the pantser is kind of the idea of flying by the seat of your pants, kind of making stuff up as you go. right? Yeah. And so I find that different artists also relate to this, not just writers. And so I don't know if you have a particular approach where you go into something envisioning the arrangement ahead of time, or if you do a lot of playing around when you have all the flowers or do you even know what, what's going to be available? Or right, yeah. I, I, again, you're talking to a guy who knows nothing about flowers. <laughs> so, so I apologize for uh, my ignorance about No, those.
1: it's, you're making perfect sense to me. You know, it's funny how that transfers to different areas. Um, I love the the idea or the term pantser. I've never heard that. Um, I fall in between. So like, I always tell my workshops or just people that, you know, you have to start off with a good menu. Like if you don't have the right mixture of um, foliage and stems and um, textures, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to make an arrangement. I guess in your, your your words, I'm a planner to start with and then I'm a pantser to end with, if that makes any sense. Um, I never have like a certain look in mind. I just always start off with a certain type of flowers that I want to start the day with. And I try not to keep things sitting around. So I'm getting, I'm either going down to my wholesale florist or I'm getting daily shipments from them. Just that's another part of my business model to try to keep things fresh. Um, And, you know, being a small business, I can't have that stuff sitting around not being sold. So it's, I'm hustling harder, but it's worked out in my benefit. So I think, you know, I'm a little of both, but everything turns out different every time.
0: I love that. So so you're taking the writer stuff that I was giving you, but then you also brought in kind of the chef aspect of like the menu of uh-huh. the flowers and the different things that you have available. I think that's really cool. And again, I, I feel like that's that's a term I haven't heard people use, but I'm like, I feel like that could apply to other things too. Like you think of like an artist with the different paints they might have or, or right. if they're you know making something for a specific room on a commission, maybe they have to use a certain set of colors. Uh-huh. So that's really cool.
1: And I think that might go back to like my teaching days and lesson plans and I don't know, know, objectives and all that stuff. Uh,
0: Not to dwell on teaching too long, but you hint at sort of a similar approach. Was it, okay, I need to do the lesson, but when you're actually doing the lesson, you have to adjust based on, I don't know what age you taught, but I would imagine, I would imagine interruptions come in and things like that. No,
1: you nailed it. And every kid's different and every day's different. And that's exactly how it is.
0: And it's sort of like the creative process in general, I feel does need a little bit of both because if you don't if you don't plan anything, you're not gonna get anything done. but if you don't learn to roll with the punches, you're also not gonna get get anything done right right, right. so you hinted at this a little bit earlier too, but you mentioned there's a way to help the flowers uh last a little bit longer. Is this something that you do as the person creating the arrangement, or is this a tip to people who are? who have the flowers uh, and how to take care of them after they purchase?
1: You know, it's both. It's, it's, it was important to my business model because I know that, get it, you know, you spend so much on flowers and then, you know, in two to three days, you know, they're not looking great or they're dead or, you know, like, so it was always a goal of mine to how can I make an arrangement last as long as possible? And one way was, you know, not letting things sit around on my side. I arrange things when they're ordered. Nothing is ever sitting around being, you know, like arranged, waiting for somebody to buy them. Um, I also work out of my house. I have a workshop in my house. So that makes it a little easier on that aspect. But then also, you know, I try to educate people on how to keep their arrangement, you know, lasting longer, cleaning the water every day. Um, You can trim the stems, um, throw some ice cubes, you know, if it's chilly outside, put them outside at night, especially here in the desert. That's a whole nother thing we have to deal with. You know, the flowers don't love um, the heat. So, you know, keep away from, you know, bright lights and, and fruit too, oddly enough.
0: (laughs) And even with these different ways that you're helping lengthen the time, the flowers can be around, it still is one of the things about flowers that they are temporary, except for maybe if you're doing I guess like a dried broquet. again, you're talking to someone who doesn't know too much about flowers, but I imagine there's some things that last longer than others for sure um, or that are designed to to be a more permanent fixture. But talking specifically about the ones that will eventually go away, is knowing that difficult or do you embrace that aspect of it in some way?
1: Uh, I totally embrace it. Like they're just flowers are for all occasions and every day and every day it's different. And so I never think of them going away one day. That's funny you ask that. I just, I think of how long I can keep them alive. And then I look forward to the next opportunity to work with that person.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine too, it promotes kind of having that variety, right? Like it's, it's, this was the Bouquet of flowers for that particular day, and often with events, it's almost like mirroring the event itself. Where you know there's pictures of it, but it's a moment in time that you're celebrating, not something that that lasts forever.
1: Right, and those are two different things. Like I do flowers for daily occasions, and then you know there then there's occasion, you know events. You know there's baby showers or dinner parties, and I do weddings here and there. So there's two different kinds of flower flowering that I do, you know, on a daily basis. And then I guess then there's the wor- workshops. So that would be three types.
0: So when someone's making an order for a wedding or whatever type of event it is, it probably depends on the event, but how much of it is you listening to what they want and you trying to help give them something they don't know they want. Does does that make right. sense?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I always ask for inspiration pictures from people, and that helps a lot and then cuz a lot of times they're looking at pictures and they don't even know what they like you know so i help to guide them but honestly i think i've built relationships i'd really try to build relationships with these people where i haven't really been in a in a situation where i'm really trying to guide them somewhere else you know i think giving the getting the inspiration pictures and really talking about the vision um that helps a lot
0: and do you work solely by yourself or do you have a uh, group of people. I, again, that might depend on the event as well.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, on a daily basis, I work by myself. I just recently hired a couple of people that work part-time for me, like, you know, around holidays. And if we have big, busy weekends, and then I'm in the process of opening, it's like baby steps for me. Um, I'm, renting a space um, from a girlfriend who's opening a salon in our neighborhood. And I'm going to be like in the front, kind of just like a hairstylist, just selling flowers. Um, So it's going to be kind of like a mom's beauty stop and hang out um, for women, you know, get your hair done, buy some flowers, pick up some jewelry. So that will open in um, August.
0: And with the classes and with what you're mentioning now, it sounds like the community aspect of everything is really important to you. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. I wouldn't have this business um, if it weren't for my community. People like, I've lived here, I've taught here for a long time. I've been a lo- involved with a lot of um, community functions and fundraisers. And I have three kids that I'm heavily involved in their education and everything and their sports. So I've built relationships um, around the community. And I think that helped with people giving me a shot, but they definitely didn't come back just because they knew me. They came back from giving me a shot and then liking what I do. And our community is so good at supporting local and then recommending you and referring you and supporting you any way that they can.
0: So I always like to ask everyone kind of the reasons behind why they do what they do. And we talked about how you got into it and this community aspect of it. Would you say that's a central reason or are there other factors that you know, because again, we talked about how it was a tough decision to go from teaching to doing flower arranging instead. And, you know, I'd imagine there's all sorts of complications and running your own business is a lot harder than, you know, not running your own business. <laughs> but yeah, what all keeps you going on a daily basis?
1: I do this like it just I've always had I would joke that I've had probably 50 jobs my whole life, you know, and I just don't know any different. I have a, f- a great family, a husband, three kids. We love to travel and experience and do things. We're always – so it's it's kind of goes with that and supporting our philosophy in life. And then just like with the community aspect, I've always been so involved in it. It just felt natural, and I don't know. I'm not the type to just kind of sit around and – Keep teaching, I guess. I was the the type looking for something different and getting involved more and pushing myself. You know, like you said, running a business is not glamorous, but the flower part of it is so fun and challenging that it makes up for maybe not the not so glamorous parts.
0: And what other types of challenges do you like to take on? It, it, you seem like a very adventurous person, based on that answer. I don't yeah. like. Are you now? It wouldn't surprise me if you're like, "Oh yeah, I go like cliff diving." Instead, so, yeah. like I, I don't know what other kinds of yeah. challenges you do.
1: I mean, I went on a yoga retreat to Costa Rica by myself. I mean, I just I've never, as I've gotten older, I just put myself out there more. I'm not afraid to be by myself or go different places. I love to travel. I'll go by myself. I don't know. I and I never did that when I was younger, so.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, especially because I like to challenge myself as well, but it's it's always so focused on the broader pursuit, like challenging my writing in a new way or something like this. Right. But I think it's so cool that you like this new fresh challenge, like a, a completely different direction to just kind of run with and embrace.
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean, and there's little challenges, you know, like when you say the word challenge, and I didn't mention this earlier, but like- I, tr- I challenge myself, like when I go to the flower market or if there's, um, you know, a flower that I've never seen before or used, I make myself buy it, you know, and figure it out and use it. Um, so that's just a small everyday challenge.
0: <laughs> what makes you enjoy that so much? Do you think it's just seeing something new or proving that you can do it? what goes behind that?
1: Yeah. I think it, it just proves that I can do it. And it just makes me a better florist. You know, it, it makes my cre- people say that, you know, my arrangements are just are so different, you know, cause I'm, 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 I'm it's okay to take risks and I'm there for it. And, you know, I, sometimes I'll do an arrangement five times before I can get it right. And some days I nail it on the first try. So it just, you know, it's different every day, but I have to keep changing and trying, and that's what keeps everything fresh, (laughs) so to speak.
0: Melissa, before we wrap up, one thing that really stuck out to me was these tips that you gave about how to make your flower arrangements last longer. I feel like this is something that everyone, uh, you know, whether it be Valentine's Day, uh, a wedding, or whatever it is, they would love to hear that information again. Can you give us some of those tips?
1: Sure, yeah. I don't want you to be afraid of flowers. So when you're buying an arrangement, you want them to last as long as possible. So I would trim the stems, you know, the bottom um, every day if you can. That gives them a bigger drink of water. Change the water every day. That helps a ton. And I'm guilty of not doing that all the time. Keep them in a cool place. They don't like to be around, you know, a lot of sunlight um, that will take the shelf life off of them.
0: Well, good. And for everyone who would like to see your flower arrangements, we'll have links in the show notes, but can you tell everyone your website, Instagram, anywhere else that you want them to see your work?
1: Great. Yeah. My website is www.flowersbymelarcadia.com. And actually, um, I just hired someone to redo what I did in the first place. So it's going to look way more professional. And then my Instagram is just at flowersbymelarcadia.com m.e.l
0: thanks again so much for coming on the show it's been fascinating to hear a little bit behind the scenes of what you do I really enjoyed talking with you
1: thanks John I was really honored you reached out and this was a lot of fun
0: thanks for listening to this episode of cause of craft you can find links to Melissa's website and Instagram in the show notes if you'd like to hear more about embracing new challenges check out episode 34 with Lauren Westra She's a photographer and owner of a Beautiful Wedding Venue, and I think our conversation goes perfectly with today's episode. Or, if you'd like a different subject, check out episode 28 with artist Haley Rocher. She illustrates classic literary novels, and her work is just spectacular. If you enjoy this podcast and want to see it grow, there are two easy things you can do to help the show out. First, share with a friend. And second, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you have feedback, suggestions, or guest recommendations, send an email to john at causeofcraft.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.